Welcome to Rome Christian Center. We are so glad that you are with us here today. If you are local to the Rome, New York area, we would like to invite you to join us 10 a.m. and again at 6 p.m. on Sundays. We are located at 7985 Turin Road in Rome, New York. Let's join the service as we believe God has something in store for you today. Father, I just thank you for this word today. We open our hearts to you. We believe that your words are spirit in their life. That man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. We look to your word to strengthen and encourage us today. In Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Hallelujah. Boy, it's a nice day today, isn't it? Praise God. Thank you, Lord. I want to start this morning in 3 John. Third John Verse one The elder to the beloved Gaius, whom I love in truth. Beloved, I pray that in all respects you may prosper and be in good health, just as your soul prospers. God wants us to prosper. God wants us to be in health in the same way that our souls prosper. God wants me to prosper financially. He wants me to prosper physically as, as in the same way that I'm prospering spiritually. And God, So I, I just want to talk to you this morning for a little while about prospering, prospering financially. God wants us to prosper financially. You know, there's... I was thinking that in the Bible there are what... what Bible teachers refer to as redempt, the redemptive names of God. In other words, he's, for he's the Lord is our shepherd, the Lord is our peace, the Lord is, our, uh, is present with us, the Lord is our victory, our banner. But there's three in particular that, that this verse of scripture, you might say, indirectly kind of refers to. Because the Bible says that God is Jeho- he's Jehovah Jireh, he's a God who provides for our needs. He's Jehovah Rapha, he's a God who heals. And he's Jehovah Sidkenu, he's a God our righteousness. And so what Jesus did for us on the cross is, is we're supposed to be walking, we're supposed to be living in that, realizing that in our lives. The most important, the most important thing that Jesus ever did was go to the cross for us because I thought, you know, you can go to heaven poor and you can go to heaven sick and you can go to heaven, but you can't go to heaven in without the righteousness of God. So he bore our sin. The Bible says, he who knew no sin became sin for us that we might be made the righteousness of God in Christ. God looked down from heaven and saw that man in his own strength could not obtain righteousness. That we're fallen, we're fallen creatures. We have, fallen, we have a fallen nature. And there's no way we can save ourselves. Yeah, I, you know, every time, every day I talk, I I look at the news to see what's going on in the computer, and uh, I see I see the the manifestation of fallen nature 
all over the world. People, people are so rebellious. There's somebody, somebody in New York City just indiscriminately slashed somebody's throat recently and killed him for, for no apparent reason. It's crazy. The world is so crazy. They're, they're so full of rebellion against God. They don't want anything to do with God. You know, it's, it, I was thinking it's one of the original sins of, of, that ever took place in heaven was when Lucifer rebelled against God. He, the spirit of rebellion against God is manifested in the earth. And if that's not going to be us, we're going to be submitted to God and do what he wants us to do. But God is, God is our, he's our righteousness. He who knew no sin was made to be sin for us, that we might be made the righteousness of God in Christ. Righteousness is a, very, it's a gift from God. When you accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, he imputes righteousness to you. You're not perfect, but he treats you that way. I tell you, it's the greatest gift that God ever gave us. Praise God. And we're going to celebrate that in just a few minutes when we receive communion this morning. But God wants us well and healed also. I, you know, one of the, one of the testimonies that, that keeps stirring in me when I, when I consider healing is when Norval Hayes was praying for his daughter when, when she had all those growths on her body. And he was praying and praying and seeking God, and God took him to heaven. And one of the things that God said to him, he said, you're the head of your house. What are you doing putting up with those growths on your daughter's body? You're the head of your house. And I feel, and I've been praying so, so much lately. Oh God, I'm the head of this church, and I, I'm like the father in the house. I'm the pastor of this church, and in Jesus' name, I refuse to allow sickness and disease to be on anyone in this church in Jesus' name. I break its hold on it in the name of Jesus. I curse cancer in Jesus' name. I curse it to the roots. I speak death to sickness and disease. And every person in this church, I thank you, Lord, that you are our healer, that you bore our sicknesses and you carried away our diseases, and by your stripes we're healed. I thank you, Lord, for healing is mine in Jesus' name. I'm healed by the stripes of Jesus. You bore my sicknesses and you carried away my diseases. I thank you, Lord, for healing. I thank you, Lord, for giving me perfect health and strength. I thank you for flowing in, our, in this church in healing power in Jesus' name. So that God, God, he did that for us. So healing is available for you and I. And also God's provision. So in fact, it's the first thing he said. I pray to prosper. You know, God wants you to prosper. It's, you know, this, this idea that, we, that somehow it's spiritual to be poor is baloney. Is that right if I say baloney? Or salami or whatever. Depends, depends on your heritage. Sorry about that. Bad joke. But God wants you to prosper. He does. Now, does, does God want, expect everyone to be millionaires? No. But here's a scripture that this, this is what God wants you. Look what it says. I'm just kind of, I just got a bunch of stuff in me today. I'm going to just kind of let it, let it out as it, as it flows. 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 8. And God is able to make all grace abound to you, so that always, having all sufficiency in everything, you may have an abundance for every good deed. That's what God wants every one of us. God is able to make all grace abound to you, that, that always, having all sufficiency in everything, you may have an abundance for every good deed. God wants you to have enough to have your needs met and to have enough to, to, to bless somebody else. 
And it says, as it is written, he scattered abroad, he gave to the poor, his righteousness endures forever. Now, he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will supply and multiply your seed for sowing and increase the harvest of your righteousness. And you will be enriched in everything for all liberality, which through us is proclaiming, is producing thanksgiving to God. So the Bible says God's going to give you two things. He's going to give you bread to eat. He's going to give you seed to sow. Now, you don't plant your bread. You don't plant bread. Bread doesn't grow anything. But you plant the seed. But don't, when God gives you seed, don't, don't eat the seed. Plant it. And that's the, this is the key. When I, when I talk about you know, money, we all need money. It's, it's, is it okay to talk about money in church? I, I'm gonna, so. We all need it. But it's, a, it's, it's so important. But it's a tremendous corrupter. You know, it, it gets people in trouble so, so many times. We see it over and over again. People that cheat, people that embezzle, people that steal. You know, it's, it's a powerful, powerful motivator, but it's also a potential corrupter. People do terrible things to others to, and to themselves to get it. There's people in prison because of it. There's marriages that are broken because of it. Jobs that are lost, or just, or just a number of things. Why? But there's nothing wrong with money, but it's the love of money. That's what Paul wrote to Timothy. In 1 Timothy chapter, in 1 Timothy chapter 6, in verse 9, the Apostle Paul said, But those who want to get rich fall into temptation and a snare, and many foolish and harmful desires, which plunge men into ruin and destruction. For the love of money is the root of all sorts of evil, and some by longing for it have wandered away from the faith, and pierce themselves with many griefs. So there's nothing wrong with money. Money is neutral, but it's the love of money. When you have the love of money, it drives you to do crazy things. So you have to be careful. God wants us to have sufficient finances, and he will provide. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians chapter 8 also that Jesus became poor so that we by his poverty might become rich. And that, and that means we, that we might have a full supply. God wants, us, God wants to bless his people. In Deuteronomy, in Deuteronomy chapter 8, It says, but you shall remember the Lord your God, for it is he who is giving you power to make wealth, that he may confirm his covenant, which he swore to your fathers, as it is this day. Now he spoke that to the Jewish people then, but we are in covenant relationship with God in the New Testament. When we become children of God, we become, we, 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 get, we become, we come into covenant relationship with him. And, the, and he said, but you shall remember the Lord your God, for it is he He's giving you power to get wealth. God will bless you financially if we walk after him, if we serve him. But, we, but one of the things we have to remember is the principle of sowing and reaping. We can't sow if you don't reap. You can't reap if you, I'm sorry, you can't reap if you don't sow. The Bible says God will give seed to the sower. 
You have to sow. You have to sow into the kingdom of God in order, for, to, in order to be blessed. Now, I know a lot of people in this congregation believe in tithing. I tell you, God, it's one thing God has always done in this church is send tithers, people who believe in the tithe. I believe in the tithe. You know, I've heard people say, well, the tithe is Old Testament. Yeah, it started in the Old Testament. He said, but the, the tithe is the law. Well, tithing wasn't the law. But tithing, tithing started way before, hundreds of years before the law was given. Look what it says in Genesis chapter. I just want to show you in Genesis chapter 15, 14. Genesis chapter 14. In Genesis chapter 14, there's a war. And Abram's, Abram heard, Abram, the Bible says that Abram heard that his relatives had been taken captive and he let out trained men born in his house, 318, and they went in pursuit and they defeated the enemy. When they were coming back from defeating the enemy, it says in verse 17, Then after his return from the defeat of Ketaliama and the kings who were with him, the king of Sodom went out to meet him, Abram, in the valley of Sheveh, that is the king's valley. And Melchizedek, king of Salem, brought out bread and wine. Now he was priest of God Most High. And he blessed us. So when Abram came back from winning this battle, this man named Melchizedek came out and blessed him. He said, Blessed be Abraham of God Most High, possessor of heaven and earth. And blessed be God Most High, who has delivered your enemies into your hand. And he, Abram, gave him, Melchizedek, a tenth of all. And the king of Sodom said to Abram, Give to the people, give the people to me, and I'll take the goods for yourself. And he said, No. But Abram gave a tenth of all that he had to this man Melchizedek. And later on, when Jacob was fleeing from his brother Esau, when he stole his, when he stole his blessing, and he heard that Esau was going to kill him, so he, he fled, and he stopped at a place called Bethel. And the Bible says he, he, he laid down and put a rock under his head. I, I don't, I, that always blows me away. It's like, that's the, you think your pillow is hard. He, he puts a rock under his head, and he, and he wakes, and he has this vision of a ladder, and angels ascending and descending. And he said, this is the house of God. But he wakes up the next day, and he says, God, if you'll bring me back to this place, if you'll keep me safe and bring me back, I'll give a tenth to all. I'll, I'll give a tenth to you. So again, Abram gave a tenth and, I, and Jacob gave a tenth. Hundreds of years before the law. What is, what is, I was thinking, what is it about this number, ten? It's, it's what God put in their heart. It's, it's, an, it's God's number. And, and that's why I believe that that still works today. That that number ten still works today. The tithes, the tithe, still works today. 
Now, it was, it was a law in the Old Testament. When the, when the law came, tithing was mandatory. It's not, you might say it's not mandatory in the New Testament, but it's still, a, it's still God's number. And so I, we, I believe that we're supposed to give to God what belongs to God. There was a time in Jesus' ministry where the, where the Pharisees came to him and they said, is it, is it lawful to pay tax to Caesar or not? You know what, remember what Jesus said? He said, show me a coin. Bring, bring me a coin. They brought him a coin. He said, whose inscription is on this? He said, Caesar's. So Jesus said, so render to Caesar the things that are Caesar's and to God the things that are God's. So there's things that we need to render to Caesar and there's things we need to render to God. Give to, we need to give to God what belongs to God. And I believe the tithe belongs to God. My wife and I believe it and this church believes it. I, I've said it before, but just so you know, 10% of every, of every offering that comes in this church goes out. We sow it. It's our seed. And God has always watched over us and protected us. When we bought this church, we had 35 people, if everybody came. Not everyone comes on Sunday. Remember, we had 35 people when we bought this church. And God blessed us, and God provided for us. We put an addition on, and it's, and it's paid for. So, you know, God has been good to us. But I believe it's because we've sown into the kingdom. Jesus said, where your treasure is, there your heart is also. We need to, and we give to God what belongs to him. And God blesses us in return. We've taught our kids to, we've taught our kids to tithe. As soon as, as soon as they started earning money, when our girls were babysitting, we said, you know, you, you just made $20 babysitting. Don't forget to give to God what belongs to God. And they've sown and they've sown and they've sown from their teenage years up until now. And God has blessed all of our children financially. You don't do it to get, but God will just bless you because you trust him. Giving to God what belongs to God is, is a matter of trust. It's trusting him that he is faithful. Making him Lord over every aspect of your life. God wants to be Lord over our, our, our marriage, Lord over our finances, Lord over our bodies. Lord over everything we have. But he wants, he wants to be Lord. And part of him being Lord is giving to God what belongs to God. The tithe, it says in Leviticus, is holy. It's holy unto God. It belongs to him. So we're supposed to, we should give to God what belongs to God. You know, there's a scripture in Philippians chapter 4 that was often quote, we often quote when it comes to giving. And in Philippians chapter 4, in verse 19, it says, And my God shall supply all your needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. And we quote that sometimes when we, when we pray over offerings. But when you look at that in context, back up a few verses and look, and look what... Let's read why the Apostle Paul wrote that in Philippians 4.19. Back up to verse 15. And this is what Paul wrote to the, to the church at Philippi. You yourselves know, Philippians, that at the first preaching of the gospel, after I left Macedonia, no church shared with me in the matter of giving and receiving, but you alone. For even in Thessalonica, you gave a gift more than once for my needs. Not that I seek the gift itself, but I seek for the profit which increases to your account. God, 
Paul says, when you, when you sent me an offering more than once, you blessed me. And because everything that I do, everything that my ministry accomplishes, will be credited to you because I couldn't be here without your offering. Not that I seek the gift itself, but I seek for the profit, he said, which increases to your account. But I have received everything in full and have an abundance, and I am amply supplied, having received from Epaphroditus what you have sent, a fragrant aroma, an acceptable sacrifice, while pleasing to God. So they, they were giving, they were sowing into his ministry. And because of that, he says, and my God shall supply all your needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. My God will supply your needs because you've been supplying mine. It's a matter of sowing and reaping. The Bible says, don't be deceived, God is not mocked. Whatever a man sows, that shall he also reap. If you sow to the flesh, you reap corruption. If you sow to the spirit, you reap the spiritual things. And then it says this. It says, don't grow weary in well-doing. And that verse is so important because when you start sowing, it takes a while sometimes for that seed to grow. The seed doesn't pop up overnight. You, know, you don't plant a garden in the springtime and come out a week later and moan and groan because you don't see a watermelon. It takes, it takes a while for that to grow. And, and over the years, we've had tremendous financial struggles in our own life. It hasn't always been easy, but God has always watched over us and taken care of us. If we give to him what belongs to him. In Malachi, in Malachi chapter 3, In verse 8, the prophet Malachi, by the Spirit of God, is chastising the people of God. He says, will a man rob God, yet you are robbing me. But you say, how have we robbed you? In tithes and offerings. You are cursed with a curse, for you are robbing me, the whole nation of you. Bring the whole tithe, that says, into the storehouse, so there may be food in my house, and test me now in this, says the Lord of hosts, if I'll not open for you the windows of heaven and pour out a blessing until there's no more need. And I'll rebuke the devourer for your sake, so that it will not destroy the fruits of the ground, nor will your vine in the field cast its grapes, says the Lord of hosts. All nations will call you blessed, for you shall be a delightful land, says the Lord of hosts. So God says, when we don't, when we don't give to God what belongs to God, we're robbing him. And I don't want to be caught robbing God. Again, the tithe is about money. It's about trusting God. It says in Proverbs chapter 4, Honor the Lord from your wealth and from the first of all of your produce. So your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats will overflow with new wine. When we give to God, I tell you, this, this works. It just works. I don't understand it, but God will just cause it to work. It works when we give to God. People say, well, what about, is the, should I tithe off the net or the gross? And I think the Bible, the Bible says, 10% of my increase belongs to God. And my increase is not, is not you might say, a take-home pay, but it's what you get. You know, when, when you pay taxes, you don't pay taxes on your net. I say, well, this is all I made, so this is all I brought home. And when you, when you make an application for a loan somewhere, 
and they ask you how much you make, you don't put the net, you put the, you put the, the, the gross. And the gross is our increase. And so we give to God from the gross. We give the tithe off the gross. You know, some people say, I can't afford to tithe. I can't afford, I don't have enough money. And it's true, there's people that are in financial places where if they gave the tithe, they wouldn't have enough money to pay their bills and to put food on the table. But I would say start somewhere. Start, start sowing something somewhere. Start sowing some seed, whatever you can. Do what you can and believe God. Pray and believe God to do more. But sow some seed. It's so critical. Don't hold back from God. When you give to God, he'll bless you. But you have to sow something. You can't reap if you don't sow. So sow something. And God will bless it. He'll take it and multiply it. And he'll bless it for you. In Jesus' name. Don't be afraid to trust God. He's a good God. He loves you. He's a good father. He'll provide for you. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Bible says, he who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. He who sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. And the Bible says, God loves a cheerful giver. So if you can't do it by faith, don't do it. But pray and ask God to help you to trust him. And give to God what belongs to God and watch what he does in your life. You might say, I'm on a fixed income. I don't know how God can bless me any more than I'm being blessed now. But he'll, I, don't, I don't understand how he does it, but he just does it. It works. And I'm sure there's people in this church today that could say, yes, we, we, we give to God, we give the tithe to God, and God has always blessed us, and he will. So I just want to encourage you today. So you, you know, it's not about the church getting your money. It's about you being blessed by God. It's about you being put in a position to be blessed by God. You know, years ago, back in the 80s, there was a church in Dallas, Texas, that started broadcasting satellite meetings, live, live satellite meetings. And if you wanted to be a part of it, you, 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 bought, a, you bought a satellite dish and you received that meeting via the satellite. And we did that. They had 1,500 churches in this, in the, in the, around the nation was receiving these satellite meetings from this church in Dallas. And what we did was we took up an offering and we sent it in. And people were getting mad at the pastor of the church. They, they said, well, you're having all this money come in. He said, where are you getting all this money? I'll never forget it. He said, I'm getting it from those who got it. It's like God is blessing his people. And, they're, and they're, that's, why, that's why they're blessing me, because they've been blessed. And God, I just want to convince you today if I can. God loves you. He wants, to, he, he wants you to be healthy. He wants you to be prosperous. He wants you to be prosperous financially, physically, and spiritually. And he'll do that for you if you walk after him with all your heart. He will. He, he loves you. He's going to bless you. And he will. So don't be afraid to give to God what belongs to him. And see what he does in your life. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Father, 
Help us. Help us to trust you, Lord. To know that you're in the, the, there's nothing too hard for you. You can bless us even on a fixed income. You, somehow you'll do it. You'll bless your people if, if they'll trust you and believe you. In Jesus' name. Amen. And amen. Thank you so much for being with us today. Our prayer is that your life be enriched through the power of God's word and that you be filled with his love and strength as you daily serve him. To learn more about our service times and our ministry and how it is that you can partner with us, visit us online today at romechristiancenter.com.